three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from feminism, feminist issues, and more. You are joined by your hosts, Megan Hoharts and Kenzie Meekback. Hello. Hey, girl. Hi. How's it been? It's been busy. Oh, gosh. I think we're both like swamped. Um, I'm swamped because I had two sets of visitors, which Mm -hmm. was great. Actually, three. Um, And it was great. It was just all happened at the same time. So I think I'm kind of tired and like ready to kind of get back to uh, my schedule. So it was Emily and Cody, who are my childhood best friends and still my best friends. Um, And then uh, I had my niece. And so my mom came out. Perfect. So, yeah. What about you? Why was your week so so um, we, I had visitors who not as many, so oh, I did. don't have that excuse. But my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law came. That's right. And um, we went to a concert. Yeah, in Cheryl the park. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I'm sorry, I forgot that they were going to that. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, they um, they drove down, and we had a really good time. It was a beautiful weekend. It was kind of a perfect weekend. So. Oh, that's awesome. And Hannah graduated from puppy kindergarten. <gasps> Congratulations. And she starts puppy elementary school next week. You think she needs to go on to elementary school? I mean, I think we're just going to keep doing it on as long as we want. Oh, okay. Because. How far does it go up to? Uh. I think like forever, like you can freaking train them to do that. They have obstacle courses in there. Oh, wow. So you can kind of train them to do anything. And so I think the reason that we like it so much is because at first she would be like scared of other dogs even because she was scared of dogs and people. But now she like gets to play with dogs every single day. And so now she's totally over the dog thing. So then now we just need to get her better with people. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Is that what they're going to focus on in elementary school? Um, Yeah. So and then we're also going to puppy day camp. (laughs) There's just everything. She's like a child. So for puppy day camp, we drop her off 730 to 1230 Monday through Thursday. And we go to work and then they're going to train her and do all kinds of. I bet that'll help with like some of the puppy energy. Oh, totally. Yeah, definitely. That's intense. And you tell her like the top three things that you want to work on and then she helps you with it. So that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, just more money and more money, but more money, more problems, <laughs> more puppy, more problems, but she's worth it. No, she is. She will be. Um, we call, I don't think she's been as expensive as Annie yet though. Annie's no. called the million dollar dog because <laughs> Annie's not, Annie's more she expensive. like broke both of her eight, or tore both of her dog equivalent of ACLs, which poor baby, but it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think whenever you get to be a dog parent, you're just like, well, shit, that's where half my money is going. So bye. <laughs> bye bank account. Yeah. So I'm going to surprise you with something. What? What? Okay. I don't know if you're going to be willing to try it, but these are my deformed strawberries from my garden and I just picked them (laughs) and they're really ugly. Like they're pretty gross. Oh, sorry. On camera, Megan's sticking out her retainers. (laughs) I have to take out my invisible. I forgot. I probably should have warned you. Um, but these are my deformed little strawberries. Wow, they're so cute. They don't produce a lot. <laughs> now I realize how much be- water and soil goes into actually producing stuff. It's kind of educational because it makes you yeah. appreciate things more. So are they supposed to be full sized? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally <laughs> Oh, I just squeezed one to death. <laughs> have you have you tried one yet? Yeah. 
Are they good? They're delicious. Yay! They taste very good. They're just sizes, the funny part. <laughs> Kenzie made strawberries. But they're juicy. So we can have more later. They're they're fresh. They look how much them. red juice they produce. Like, mm-hmm. usually the ones in the grocery store aren't red and juicy, I feel like. Dude, that was very tasty. Thanks. Next batch, if you could get it, you know, t- three times the size, you could be your regular <laughs> farmer. Right? Or three times the amount as well. Because I was like five little, like, they look, they're the size of, like, blueberries. Yes, and they're strawberries. I know. I think that that's the size they're supposed to be. In, like, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we kind of screwed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're probably right, actually. But those also, I'm sure mine are just really deformed looking. <laughs> they're organic so so you know so locally produced locally produced locally made so um i was talking to somebody who is trying to be like locally sourced which i think is great but it's great yeah but he he made a joke he was like i joke that i can shop at amazon because it's local because he lives in seattle (laughs) i mean does the tax revenue strictly go here no but, okay. but he was kind of joking. He was like, well, we can shop at Amazon. It's a local company. I, I mean, like, I guess it does sponsor the <laughs> local employees in a way. So, But I mean, yeah, that is 0% local. You cannot get more unlocal than Amazon. I mean, kind of. <laughs> I mean, people shit on Amazon a lot. And yeah, there's it's not perfect. But at the same time... It it's mi- amazing. Yeah. And if it wasn't here, like... Who knows how much smaller Seattle will be? It's really making the economy do well here. Yes. All I'm saying. But it's making the housing prices go I think that up the butt. It's so. safe to say that it's like we can make fun of it, but at the same time, there's like, good, but thank there's evil. God and good. There's that good we can have paper towels delivered to us the next day. Just saying. I got my kitty litter delivered. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, okay. So what are we talking about today, Meg? Can you give us some of context? Yep. So I, a sequence of events kind of led me to start thinking about the inner critic and about, um, how much we judge ourselves and how much guilt that judgment can put on us. And so the sequence of events was first, I was actually talking to my therapist about it and, um, it kind of brought up a lot of stuff about guilt and judgment and how everything I do, I feel guilty about, Um, and then the same week, my idol, (laughs) the person that I love that is like my superhero yoga girl, um, released a podcast. Um, her podcast is called conversations from the heart and she's leading a teacher training right now in Aruba. And she had all of the teacher trainees on her episode to talk about the inner critic and to talk about how they would never speak to people that they love the way that they speak internally to themselves. And so then it kind of opened up this whole thing about us doing one too, because just, it was funny how it Spread the word. all led up together. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I liked this idea. I think it's actually falling ironically for me a little bit too, because that's probably one of, and this is very personal, but it's probably one of the biggest things I fight in therapy. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a good one. Yep. And I think it's also 
a reason that it's applicable to like a feminist podcast is because my therapist was telling me how um, I was kind of like, she was like, list all of the things that you feel guilty about. And I was like, I feel guilty when I don't eat a certain way. I feel guilty when I drink too much alcohol. I feel guilty when I eat meat because I would try to be a vegetarian. I feel guilty when I don't go to yoga every day. I feel guilty when I leave Hannah because she has to be by herself. I feel guilty when I leave work 10 minutes early because I should have stayed till 530. Like just listing everything that I feel guilty about. And it's kind of insane how there really isn't anything that I don't feel guilty about. Right. And then she was like, you should ask Des if he feels guilty about these things. And so did you? Yeah. So that night I went home and I was like, hey, do you ever feel guilty about like, you know, what you have, what you have for lunch? Or do you feel guilty about leaving Hannah um, at home alone? And he'll be like, no. And I was like, what? Like my mind was blown that wow. he like, and I'm sure some men feel like, oh that, yeah, it's, it's definitely do you think it's an anxiety thing or a sex thing. She was just saying that the way that our, the way that kind of society is, um, more likely than not, the woman is going to feel guiltier than the man because we feel like we need to take care of everybody else except for ourselves. And men have been ingrained in them to take care of themselves. Hmm. And so whenever we're putting ourselves first, then we feel guilt. We're saying, oh, I shouldn't have put myself first. I should have done X, Y, Z instead. I guess that is, yeah. And so it was kind of like interesting. And he was, we kind of went down this rabbit hole about guilt and Des and I ended up talking about it for a while. And he was like, I can't imagine how you must feel like to have just guilt constantly on you. And I said, you know, it's kind of funny. I just, that's how I've always been. So I don't know any different. And Mm -hmm. so to me, I thought that that's how everybody was. Yeah. But it's probably a little anxiety and a little bit of society too. Mm Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So do you feel guilt? Like, oh, constantly. (laughs) I could list like 45 things. I know. Yeah. We need a woman on here that hasn't suffered with anxiety and depression. She's like, I'm fine. Yeah, because you brought up a good point. Like, is it the fact, because we're both anxious people. Yeah. We both have anxiety and depression in the past and currently. And so it would be interesting to get a woman on here who maybe doesn't have that in her Mm -hmm. life and see if she feels guilty yeah man just constant guilt i can't believe some people don't feel like that (laughs) it's kind of crazy i'm sure everyone has a little bit of an inner critic but if in case you're still confused on the definition i looked up a few so this is from wikipedia but the inner critic or critical inner voice is a concept used in popular psychology and psychotherapy to refer to a subpersonality that judges and demeans a person um and then the every girl which my sister loves this uh, website but it uh defines it as disapproval criticism and judgment of our actions but internally um so what are some examples we've done ourselves like you mentioned them. Yeah. So I think that a huge one for me is um, the inner critic of when I don't think I look good in an outfit. What? And then I'll say, well, guess you shouldn't have had all that wine last night or guess you shouldn't have had that cookie with your lunch. You know, it's just like you the way that we view ourselves is so different than the way that we view the rest of the world that if I look at myself and look how I, I portray and see myself in the mirror or in a photograph 
and say, oh, crap, you look like shit. Like, what could you have done to make you look more beautiful? And it's always about criticizing what I ate or criticizing that I didn't use all five of my face products that I before I only used one like it's just like constant criticizing the way I think that for me it's the way I look that I criticize myself the most about yeah um I would say the way I look isn't as much as what I I think it used to be like um as a kid growing up I used to pick apart my body and I had acne growing up so um that really bothered me um and braces and I was just awkward but now I like can't remember exactly what bothered me so much you know what I mean so I guess it went away slightly but like the other day and like lately I've been feeling like I've been body shaming myself about weight which I shouldn't I know I've shunned it and I know a lot of women might be like holy crap like don't say that you're skinny but everyone like sees themselves differently and like And I used to have been skinny shamed and then like I felt bad about that. But I will say that I haven't cared as much as an adult that I used to about what I look like. So if it's not the way that for me, I think it's the way that I look that I criticize myself the most about because I think that that's what I don't have as much control over. Like I love food. And so I could never, like, I see people doing, you know, paleo diet and vegan and this and that, and I can try it for a little bit, but I love food so much that it's hard for me to stick with something. So I feel like I lose control with the food that I eat, so then I criticize myself about it. So if it's not, like, the way you look and the and the way that you eat, so what do you think that is your inner critic? Yeah, I think it's more, like, self-shaming my personality dwelling on the past judging myself for my actions and then also like um well I guess shaming myself for like how I treat other people um but it just like slipped my mind of what my last one oh it's my like if I do feel like I haven't made as if I'm not going to make as big of an impact like if I feel minuscule you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. like I feel like I didn't contribute as much to society and like making the world a better place and I just feel so insignificant sometimes my inner critic is much more shallow than yours (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I still (laughs) thought the same thing I feel like my story just now was pretty bad of what I thought (laughs) but no I think that those are all really good points and I think that I don't know if it's hard for me to picture my life where I don't criticize myself like it's hard like I obviously want to get there and I would love to think that I could one day but it's hard for me since as long as I can remember I've criticized myself so how can I picture it not being there I've got some tips tell me about them (laughs) well first I want to talk about a little bit about where does it come from okay yeah So the Every Girl article, it was really good. It's called Understanding Your Inner Critic by Jodi Burgo. I think it's a copy by Jodi Burgo, but I guess that's the author um, as well. But anyway, um, she says the way we talk about ourselves in our childhood um, or the way we talk to ourselves starts in our childhood and can be shaped by how we are spoken to, whether it's loving, angry, encouraging, or critical. Um, And so I feel like... In the South, 
And not to stereotype the South, there's a lot of sweet people, a lot of open people, a lot of kind people, and overall I had a good experience. But in the South, I would say they can be judgmental and shallow. And so I feel like maybe that's where part of it came from. Like, you're going to hell mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I also think that it could be, for me, I was always harder on myself than my parents ever were. Like, my parents never put any pressure on me. It was myself internally putting pressure on myself. And so maybe it's just, like, a society thing. Like, not necessarily our parents and our direct No, I'm not saying it's our, my parents, yeah. Our, like in our lives, but maybe, I don't know. Media. Media. Mm -hmm. And imagine like I could never go back to high school. Like that sounds terrible. Like the people that we went to high school with that were influenced by other things that then bled on to us too. Yeah, by what they say. mm -hmm. And when you're around other women, like I find myself like talking about wanting certain things because women say they want certain things or I'll talk about my body a certain way because I'm around a lot of people who like will talk about their body in a certain way yes so if we all like stopped our friends and then we stopped ourselves like would it be better you Mm -hmm. know what I mean yeah um just compliment each other you guys um so oftentimes my therapist like when I tell her I think about myself in a certain way and I tell her about like my inner critic she will often ask if I've heard someone say what I'm thinking about myself explicitly and whether Mm. um it's about me or not um so then the article goes on to say the adult inner critic is there I believe to motivate or no this is me I think now I don't know which one's article in me Ah, I don't want (laughs) to Um, take info but the adult inner critic is there I believe to motivate to be better okay that's me Um, while the article says it is there to correct our behavior and keep us safe from shame and embarrassment so I sometimes think it's there to motivate me to be better and then sometimes but the article says it's to correct our behavior and keep us safe um In my ways, I told my therapist, I don't want to get fully rid of my inner critic because I think it's beneficial to keep me productive, Hmm. but I need to be able to discern the good from the bad. And that's just me talking, but I go on to say, I go on to read that there's differences and stuff. So that's kind of more in the remedies part of what I want to talk about today. So Megan, and tell me if you think this is from my therapist. She sometimes says like to think about it logically and hold it in front of you, like hold your thought, your negative thoughts in front of you. And to externally hold it and see if it's like a valuable critique on yourself or if it's not, you know, mm-hmm. like try to remove yourself from your inner critic and realize it's a negative. Um, so if you determine that it is, is there a way that it is your inner critic? Is there a way to remedy it? Um, so I looked at an article called the Harvard business review and it's called make peace with your inner critic by tara moore and she also has a book called playing big and how to deal with self-doubt um so i mentioned earlier that i thought my inner critic was helpful like a few minutes ago but tara moore says that the inner critic is separate than what she calls the voice of critical thinking or realistic thinking okay because i was curious what your therapist said about like you wanting to have your inner critic I think I think she is more of the style of like if I am very 
like if I'm very attached to an idea, she'll kind of ebb and flow with me mm-hmm. a little bit. So, but I think she was more trying to get me to this point that she's talking about, but she, she wasn't painting it in a picture like this. Um, it's just, she phrased it differently, but she, um, in the article, it said, um, I would never say you never want to listen to your inner critic as if it's telling the truth because the inner critic is the voice not telling the truth. You might hear something similar coming from your critical thinking or your realistic thinking, but it will sound really different. Like it will repeat itself sort of a thing. And she also said, so the very first thing to do when you hear your inner critic is to name it for what it is and simply notice what it is. So similar to the concept of my therapist saying, take the idea and hold it out there and recognize it. Mm -hmm. And then the last part is, and then the only one other thing um, I need is to allow it to be present, but not run the show. So you can't fully get rid of it. She's, I guess that's what she's saying. That's what she, it says. And the only other thing I need to do is to allow it to be present. So I guess her theory is it can't go away. What do you think? Do you think that's what it means? Well, I think that that's a hard one. I think that it can get better. Like for instance, being riddled with guilt nonstop because of what your inner critic is telling you to do. I don't know if it could ever go away fully, but I think that it could get to a point where, hey, yes, you your inner critic comes up, you hear that voice saying whatever it's saying to you, you hold it out in front of you, acknowledge it, it's present, and then let it go rather than letting it just like be inside of your mind and your thought and your actions day in and day out. But if it comes back, don't beat yourself up for it coming back. It's kind of like meditation. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a thought come through, meditation is about not necessarily about having no thoughts ever. Mm -hmm. It's It's about about, like taking acknowledging it, it, releasing it, and then not judging yourself when another thought comes up. Exactly. Yeah. So So they are very much alike. Maybe that's what meditation is. Um, And then she goes on to say that... um, So it's the act of knowing what it is, being able to recognize it in the moment and then allowing it to be present, saying basically, thank you for your input, but we've got this covered, other parts of us. And you're allowed to be here, but you're not allowed to make the decision about what we do or don't do. Perfect. Do you agree, Binks? Apparently, Binks agrees. He just meowed. (laughs) So yay. Man, I'm curious to hear if other people like what their inner critics say. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've had people confide in me and it's interesting, you know. Yeah, how we all have them. Yeah, for sure. What are you looking forward to this week? I am looking forward to, well, I'm actually going to Vancouver this weekend after oh they were gosh. just here. Um, but um, we bought tickets to see there's a huge fireworks show. Oh, cool. And so we bought tickets to that. Oh, fun. And so um, when the tickets were being purchased, we were like, well, guess it's two weekends in a row. What are we going to do? So, yeah, it'll be good, though. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it still with Jeff and Amanda? Yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, let's see. What am I looking? I'm looking forward to maybe relaxing a little bit. Nice. Cool. Do it. Yes. Be in your room by yourself for like a good five hours straight. Oh, no. I like get antsy now if I have nothing to do. I kind of do too, which is kind of weird. I know. I used to be able to enjoy it. But thank you guys for enjoying us today. Bye. Bye.